0: Kia ora koutou, and welcome to NZATE's student-led podcast, Is This in the Test? The purpose of this series is to bring together students' knowledge of some of Aotearoa's most commonly used written and visual texts. We aim to discuss their themes and unpack material that can be used in an upcoming English exam. What makes this podcast unique is that it is entirely student-led, so you can be sure the information is accessible, fun, and not boring. Episodes will come from all corners of New Zealand so that different areas can contribute their knowledge or just regurgitate what their teacher has told them. You may learn about the historical context, the themes, the structure, learn quotes, see how you could link beyond the text and much more. Gone are the days where you sit in English class confused as to what the teacher is saying and ask yourself, is this in the test? We hope this podcast can upgrade your revision and give you confidence from students in the same position as you. and we've actually got three very special guests with us today, you if they'd to like to s- introduce themselves. Go on.
1: Okay, I'm Rada. Yep. I'm Millie.
2: I'm Jacob.
0: And they're all year 12 students in English, and basically we've come together today to...
3: Discuss an important story to us. We're gonna be discussing The Ones Who Walk Away from Amalas by Ursula Le Guin, Thanks. and just discussing some of the ideas in it, what we gained from the story. <laughs> I guess
0: we should first pose to the year 12s in the room who have read it sooner than us. Basically, like, when the teacher was reading it out to you, what were your first thoughts? Um,
1: Okay, so personally, when it was first read to me, I, like... Not like I don't want to say I fell asleep, but
4: like it, it was, was boring.
1: It, no, it was very soothing. It was actually when I first described it, I said it felt like what you feel when you're eating custard. Like it was very nice, very calming. And then once we got to the shift in the story, mm. I felt it was
4: a bit, it was a shock, it was a real shock. It
0: was a shock.
4: Yeah, you don't really—it's not exactly what you expect to happen from like a really cute little happy story.
0: No, and for anyone who like doesn't have like a good idea of what the story is about, how would you give it like a summary if you had two sentences?
2: There's this like utopia and everything's perfect, everyone's happy, and then Le Guin introduces this child that's locked away in a basement, Uh, and this child suffers and like the utopia is built on the suffering of the child. And it
0: basically poses to the audience that there are people who stay and like watch the suffering or know about the suffering and let it happen, and then there are people who walk away. And that's kind of all Ursula, like, leaves us with
3: um, to think about. She gives you a moral dilemma. Mm. It's the greater good of the people for one child, and you can almost justify... There are people in the village who justify their own happiness through this one child's suffering because there is nothing they can do to help the child, Mm. and they can almost ignore its existence. And there are parallels in our own world that we can see through that story.
1: It's like when you think about, like one example like the sweatshops fast fashion like you get all these cool clothes but somewhere there's a child who's not being paid properly at the expense of
2: I happiness almost in my essay about how the the sweatshops or like mm. child labour they can be used to make like technology that can advance society mm. and make society greater and like a utopia but in order for that to happen there has to be the suffering of this child
4: yeah mm. it's not possible to have a complete utopia with everyone being happy it's yeah. kind of what she shows us and it's just like are we willing to accept the cost of the, our happiness?
0: And it's that whole idea our teacher introduced us to utilitarianism, the idea of like the greater good and achieving like the most happiness for one group of people. Hmm. And if that is at the sacrifice of another, then you can justify that because it's causing the greatest amount of happiness.
3: It's like Dumbledore in in Harry Potter. He he supports the idea of the greater good, and you see him as this amazing character. And he brings out he he sides with the villain in the story early on, and you, you look okay. at him yeah. and you go.
0: Doesn't from the start he want to Harry to be killed? Yeah, yeah.
3: All it's like that. Train I mean, spoiler it's alert.
1: Like, sorry, spoilers. the trolley problem. The trolley problem where yeah. yeah. it's like kill one person or kill
3: five people. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, but you have to move the direction of the train. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, 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 you, you, like you're the
1: one who's making that decision.
3: It's exactly like moving, shifting those yeah. train tracks. Is if you saved that one child, you would be affecting the lives of the rest of the village at Omalas.
0: So, now that we've kind of given a brief overview of the story, the ones who walk away from Omalas, and some of the themes, we thought we'd kind of walk through.
3: How we approach like an essay.
0: Yeah, and kind of how you'd maybe structure it a little bit, or what you'd be looking for in this story, especially, and kind of show some of our methods of doing so. And so I have some exam questions in front of me, and I think we're just gonna work through them and kind of, if you saw this in an exam, how would you go about doing it first of all? So the first question we're looking at is, analyze how language features were used to intensify your reaction. And so what immediately from out of the story are you thinking, oh, I could use for this?
4: For me, the most obvious like language technique which she uses repeatedly are like direct address of the audience. Mm-hmm. So she like will use like rhetorical questions and like personal pronouns to directly talk to us, to like make us engage in the story more. We like become complicit in this world of Omelas, and we become involved and invested in it, uh, making the later reveal really like um, shocking to you and more yeah. emotionally. And it's
0: the the shocking part is that like she starts off with this beautiful like. Um,
1: this and She yeah. invites you. She asks yeah. you. She uses such like descriptive imagery, mm. and it makes you like really be able to see such like. She talks about like I think the turrets and the flags. Yeah, and it's very colors. it's painted. It's romantic. It's, yeah, it's romantic. It's very much very fairy tale. Like it's so it's such like a shift when she goes on to talk about the child in the basement.
0: So if we were structuring an essay around that, we would probably start like first paragraph talking about
3: descriptive language I think I did yeah. this question last year and I think I used descriptive language and then probably moved on later to talk about using the pronouns mm-hmm. and direct address to the audience and then at the end when she reveals about the child yeah that's when you can really focus on the shift because the question asks analyze how language features are used to intensify your reaction so it's very much focused on there's two aspects of that question there's language features and your reaction
0: yeah and something to time. always like keep in mind is really reading the question and seeing like what the the verb or the adverb they're using so they're mm-hmm. using intensify so they like the mark is looking for how like the story has kind of grown in tension mm. yeah and then you just make sure that you mention those words
3: because the plot of the story you could you could write the story very differently with different language techniques yeah and it would you would have a completely different reaction
0: yeah you could like put the child at the start
3: the reason the plot works so well in forming your shock and your guilt because is because you're complicit in it because at the start she's used all those personal pronouns and those direct addresses to get you involved in creating this world so that you yourself are posed with the question if you were a villager would you leave or would you stay
0: anything else to
2: add I'm pretty sure she says that like in a quote right before introducing the child she ask the reader do you believe do you accept the festival the city the joy no then let me describe one more thing mm. and this like directly kind of poses the reader with the question of would they choose to live in the city or would they choose to accept it
0: and that's where that big shift is and you can talk about that in like the, in your essay like this is the part where it kind of turns onto the reader.
3: Mm-hmm. There's repeated rhetorical questions there, so that would be your language technique you'd use in that situation.
4: Yeah, that part's definitely the moment where it becomes very obvious that something is wrong, even before they m- mention the child. It's also the part that makes you
3: believe the whole, the whole do you believe. I realised once I'd read the story I actually hadn't really been believing it. It had seemed like mm-hmm. a fairy tale, it hadn't seemed real. And it was that tangible, once, once they bring in the suffering of the child. It is suddenly so much more real, and you can see parallels to your own world.
0: And that's what you could write about yeah. in your third paragraph, because, like, a big part of it, like scoring highly in these sort of essays is relating the stories obviously to the wider world or beyond the text. And we spoke earlier about how kind of it relates to some of the themes of sweatshops and utilitarianistic Charmaine. ideals. In the past and in the world today, and your third paragraph could just be bringing all the reactions you've had to on oh, us
3: into your own life. And yeah, how maybe you know. might be complicit in someone else's suffering for yeah. for the greater good.
0: Or maybe you could even talk about you know how like when you watch videos of like how chicken nuggets are made,
3: <laughs> oh yeah, or oh yeah, things like that. Yeah.
0: And you kind of you
1: kind of go feel so bad, then you walk up to McDonald's next day and, go and to you, you're like, oh, you know what, <laughs> you know what, it's, not, it's worth
0: it. Yeah, I was just thinking, especially in this, like, you have such an intense reaction to those videos. Like, oh yuck! Yeah, like, okay, I could never, never, yeah. never touching that yeah. again. I'm going and, vegan. And, yeah, yeah, yeah and 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 then you you still not
3: vegan. You get chicken nuggets vegan. next day.
0: Anything else to say about that question? You know, I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah. Okay. The Not next. Not our own horns or anything. The
3: next question <laughs> that we're going to look at is analyze how language features we use to explore a moral dilemma. That's quite similar to the question we just covered because it's talking about language features again. That's always a good question for for any say. Mm. If you're ever struggling, look for the question. language feature one because you're going to use them anyway.
0: Especially in like prose like this or in poems too. They're,
3: they're, very rich yeah. with language features. Yeah. Because every single word in, these, in a short story has a meaning. Every single word is there for a purpose. Mm. When you're learning how to do creative writing, your teacher's always like, cut out those unnecessary yeah. sentences.
0: Yeah. I guess it is quite similar in the fact that it's language features this question, but what could we say is different in that it's a moral dilemma as opposed to intensifying a reaction to something. It's kind of similar, I guess. I think guess. one of you
3: mentioned earlier the trolley problem. Do you want to like explain that? Yeah,
1: I guess you could probably structure it and you could go... Through. I think this text is a good text to approach if you had the moral dilemma question because you would so easily be able to like, relate yeah relate it and like mm. make those beyond the text connections pull up the trolley
3: problem or the switch. <laughs> whip it out or, yeah, whip them out <laughs> the end of the text I think it presents you with a question so you are stuck with a dilemma that's just, it literally that's, does it give literally, you a it dilemma it gives you a dilemma it goes will you leave or will you stay
0: yeah I I think I wrote about this question in my essay last year, and I think I structured it in that, like, especially the word explore. So, like, something has to be revealed, or something Mm -hmm. like throughout the story. So, I was talking about how at the start uses language features because you always talk about language features anyway. But I was regardless of what question. Yeah, so I was talking about the rich imagery and romantic language, that description that she was using. And then I talked about... It explores
3: again. it. In the question I asked you, how it explores the moral dilemma. And you can go into that and how, it, how the structure of the story approaches the moral dilemma at the yeah.
0: end. Yeah, and then that. And my last paragraph... Oh, well, I talked about how, like, there's a child in the room setting up this dilemma, hmm. like, the creation of it. And then at the end of the story, it's presenting to you. What are you
3: going to do the about question. it? question. And or then in your final paragraph, conclusion, you would bring in what you had mentioned in your previous paragraphs. You would just kind of summarise and look at your bigger idea, how mm. it relates to the world. That's how you get your higher marks. Mm.
0: Something our teacher told us the other day too is that you shouldn't be able to switch around the paragraphs mm. in your essay yeah. and mm. still have them make sense. They've got to, like,
3: you've got to build on each other. Yeah. yeah,
0: Which is exactly... They like, have to
3: link. They can't be completely yeah. separate ideas, but they have to
0: kind of build and grow somewhere. I think for
3: moral dilemma question, you would have a good flowing essay where you would explore
1: like go through
3: omalas as a story has a, has a very clear structure, structure to it there's yeah, like basically there's basically three parts yeah. mm-hmm. and so that makes it quite easy because you're going to write
1: three paragraphs yeah. for an essay I would say like when it's being described to you and it's all pretty and stuff and then once you find out there's a child and then once it's like you can stay or you can go like yes, what yeah. decision are you going to make
0: there was one question that we can kind of briefly like Analyse how the ending of the text was satisfying or frustrating?
3: That's an interesting question because it involves you. Like, if you're sitting in an exam room and it goes, How is it satisfying or frustrating to you? Those are emotions that you can remember feeling. Because we talked at the start about how we felt when we first read the story. Mm. And it's, I guess, you'd kind of write your essay around how you. Well, it is frustrating. Like, yeah. that's it's hard to satisfying make. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Like How do that's you make the decision? Yeah. It's a tough text. To yeah, yeah text. and there's
0: no resolution.
4: It stays with you for a while and you kind of have to think about it for a few days, but like, what would you do and what do you do in your real life already? Yeah.
0: I think what was frustrating about the ending for me was that it says here the terms are strict and absolute. There may not even be a kind word spoken to the child. Like, there's no leniency, mm. you know what I mean? There's no, like, oh, can we just give the child a little bit of love, you know, to, like, yeah. get it through? But you're either getting rid of the utopia. It's two
3: clear options. Yeah,
0: which is frustrating because we, obviously everyone wants to look after the child.
3: Especially the use of the child, it's very symbolic. Yeah. They've given you this, they've Helpless described it in great detail, this poor child, no one wants to hurt a child. There's no way anyone reading the story can not be, Disgusted. cannot feel any um, emotion. And so this question yeah, about There's emotions. such
1: like, a stark contrast between how Le Guin describes Omelas and like the language, like the romantic language she uses, and then like the connotations of how when she's talking about the child and she's like the way she's describing, she's going foul-smelling heads, feeble-minded, malnutrition, like such negative words yeah. compared to like the imagery she used in the beginning. Like
0: they it's... were easy quotes to remember in the exam
3: because <laughs> they, they were, were so
0: awful. like yeah. it is so thin there are no calves to its legs. It lives on a half bowl of cornmeal and grits. I think they wrote about
3: it crying.
1: The whining, the, the whining for the mother.
4: Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. so Ehole was very easy to remember. Yeah, like
4: begging people to let it out. It's, it's just not brutal. Hard. It's just brutal. Yeah, but compared to like the festive party that's happening yeah. at the same
0: time.
3: Yeah. The, fets, the village depends wholly on this child's abominable misery. It's I
2: found it a bit frustrating how they didn't. She didn't give you a reason why the child, yes. How yeah. the child mm. made the utopia thrive. There's it no logic kind of there. to it, it like, just yeah, is. Just the way it was and there was no no reason. Or... It means
0: you couldn't somehow justify it. Yeah. Mm. But then in the story she says like everyone knew, or like like most people knew the child was there, but they knew it had to be there. But it, she never it's just gives such the a reason. Given. It's such
4: a
1: given, it's yeah. the villages. Just
4: like a superstition almost. Like there's no real reason why that has to be true.
3: And the probably most frustrating part about it is I found myself suddenly believing her story yeah. like I didn't believe it when it was a fairy tale but as soon as there was some form of Misery. suffering something depressing. to make some it some form of reason so, and it yeah. wasn't a utopia uh-huh. I went oh mm-hmm. like, utopias aren't real but now there is this one form of suffering it doesn't matter why it's there it's there so now I can believe this story yeah that was frustrating to recognise and you
0: could like you say you could only connect with the story when Mm. It had like some sadness in it.
3: I think we're all realizing like a couple of things <laughs> about the story now while we're having this discussion. Yeah. yeah. Even even if you're approaching one of these essays and you're thinking, how do I study for this? Maybe just sitting around with some of your friends and looking through old essay questions, like talking about it, might be helpful. Yeah, talking about it's technology. so much
0: better because you can rattle off ideas.
3: Yeah. You can bounce them off each other. Way mm-hmm.
0: faster. I guess there are other questions, like the author's purpose, how it was revealed, using different settings. You could mm-hmm. talk about the child being down in the basement, below the city, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. The mm-hmm. words like kind of hidden.